Have you ever wondered why yoga sessions and weekend-long vacation have little to no impact on your overall burnout? There is a reason why the secret is in your brain. In today's episode, we'll discuss how burnout affects the way you think and different strategies to reverse it. Private practice owners, are you ready to rewrite the rules for your practice so you can have more time off, a great team, and more income while delivering better patient care? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provider's Edge podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Rombach. I'm a provider, an international peak performance keynote speaker, and a best-selling author. My guests and I help providers like you control your practice, control your life, control your future. This is your defining moment to be a disruptor in healthcare. Hello, everyone. We know you are here because you want to figure out how do you support yourself, support your team, and support the patients in your practice. And where do we start is always with us. And many of you know my story. I was the one who's a little busy, did everything, right? And then until I hit the freaking wall. So let's not get to that point for any of you. And that's why I have Dr. Maya here with us. Uh, We got connected as professional speakers a few years back and just really truly connected from both our past stories, what we do, and to support the medical community. People like you who already have a great slew of success behind you, but how do you get to the next level? So today we're talking about how do you slow down in order to speed up. Thanks, Dr. Mayer, for being here. Oh, thank you, Sabrina. It's awesome to be here. It's good to see you again. Always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, of course. I know I could not ever give you the amazing introductions as you deserve. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about you, your career journey, um, and how it led to what are you doing right now for the executives and uh, uh, business leaders? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a neurosurgeon and neuroscientist. I actually grew up knowing I wanted to go into medicine. And then in college, I was fixated on neurosurgery. I said, I've got to study the brain because we're never going to learn everything there is to know about the brain. I'm never going to get bored. And I saw a really cool brain surgery when I was shadowing a doctor. I said, well, okay, these two reasons, this is what I have to do. So did all the things, right? Went to medical school, went to residency, did not one, but two clinical fellowships, because why not? And, you know, I was recently speaking to somebody about the number of of hours and years even put into studying for, preparing for, training for, and then practicing medicine. So I practiced neurosurgery at a couple different hospitals. Most recently was at the Cleveland Clinic where I spent uh, five years, actually the last five years of my clinical practice. And it was so interesting to me because, you know, we're we're driven, right, Sabrina? And so we had, you know, these five-year goals, 10-year goals, all of this. And I had my entire life 
mapped out as far as what I wanted to do and what level I wanted to reach. And, you know, and when I was at the Cleveland Clinic, this has been probably five years ago now before I, I left clinical practice. And, you know, I was, you know, it was the number two hospital in the United States. I was doing research. I was PI of my own lab. I was teaching, you know, I was associate professor at the university and just, and you know what? I was burned out <laughs> doing everything that I thought I wanted to do, but I had never learned the keys that are so important to keep you from getting into a state of burnout. So I actually, I retired from clinical practice. It happened to coincide with me adopting my two beautiful children that I have now, which gave me some more time with them. But I, I really wasn't 100% sure of what I wanted to do. I opened up a medical consulting company, did some online uh, office visits, essentially, for a while, did some insurance work, some other things. But here's what I found. I started studying. I said, all right, why did I get so burned out? Why did I get so burned out that I had to actually leave practice? And this is ridiculous, right? Because you know, there's not uh, an overabundance of neurosurgeons in the world, just like there's not an overabundance of doctors in the world right now, especially since COVID, right? And I said, how can I help people to not get to this point? So I started doing all this research on the brain and even what burnout looks like from a brain science standpoint. And I actually have developed a program to help physicians and executives in, in high stress, high burnout fields to be able to thrive in their current business because most of the time you actually don't have to shift out of medicine. You don't have to shift out of your career, but you do have to take care of yourself. And that's not something they teach you in medical school or residency. In fact, I would say, and you know this from going to school too, that it's the opposite really, you know, and then they throw at you uh, when they, when they recognize, they begin to recognize some signs of burnout. Oh, go, you know, go have a coaching session, go do a yoga session on Saturday morning. That was my personal favorite. Like that was going to fix what was going on inside my brain and my body. And, you know, so as we talk today, I'll be able to share some of the science of even what happens in the brain in burnout and why it takes so long to recognize it. And why by the time you recognize burnout, it's often at a point where, you know, a weekend off, even a month off is probably not going to fix the problem. Yeah, those are so right on the target. Uh, we all felt that way. And uh, your past, it was, uh, I think both of our past, it was like in the OR, couldn't do anything. And then we're like, oh my God, this is not life, right? This is not sustainable. How can people do it just because we've done it? For so many years in that way, it doesn't mean we have to. It doesn't mean that's acceptable. And we, I believe AMA put out a survey and prediction that 122,000 physicians uh, lost by 2023. Mm -hmm. And then we have even higher nursing shortage as well on top of that by the nursing societies. So it's a crazy amount of if we all leave medicine, who's going to stay to take care of the rest of us and our family when things uh, go haywire. And so that's so crucial for uh, you and me, and especially my mission is keep private practice in practice. And we don't have to feel like 
just wait for that right moment for that vacation and to X Y Z, right? If you wait for so long, even you can take an extended vacation. Then most people still doing some work when they're on vacation. They can't shut their mind completely down or feel the sense of responsibility always hanging over their head. And when they come back, guess what? They feel like they have to double up in the a few days when they just came back, just to keep up, right? Whatever they have missed, and then it's actually trying to stress their body and their mind and their quality of work actually would go down. So it's such an important topic for all of us. You don't even have to see yourself as burned. Before doing something,、yeah. we needed to be more proactive in thinking about our health and our mind because we know, and you also know, whenever you don't feel well, how are you treating other people? Are you as nice, patient, and open to their ideas as you would when you are completely like joyful, actually in a good state of mind yourself, or full of energy? Right. So most people is middle of the day. They love to chat. They engage. Right. But if you're not feeling well, doesn't matter what time of the day, what day of the week, it won't work for us. So that's why it's such a crucial moment for all of us to think we have to up level ourselves in order to then up level our teams, our patients. So I believe, Doctor Mayo, you mentioned now in your journey of moving away, right? Both of us kind of are doing that. Is that clinical medicine is great?、Uh, I still do a little bit of cardiac surgery, and but we found this additional passion. What do you say that people who start to recognize there are more things in life than just work, and as you feel. More possible, right? Like、uh, the the potential of what else is out there is greater, and then they are actually doing better in the work they're already been doing. Yeah, I love so much of what you said resonates. And I'll tell you this: I stayed in neurosurgery probably a little bit longer than I really wanted to stay in neurosurgery because I didn't believe that I could do anything else. Okay. I pigeonholed myself into neurosurgery, and I listened to other people say, "Yeah, but you spent 17 years between college, medical school, residency, fellowships, all of this, and then 10 years in practice. What are you going to do after you give that up? You can't do anything else." And I believed this for so long. And identity is such a key piece that helps you to tap into your passion, your joy, and even give you energy to be able to sustain what you're doing, and actually more than sustain, but Thrive. So, I'll tell you what, and this is what I work with my clients a lot on now, is helping them understand the amazing facets of who they are and what they're capable of. Not necessarily, so they're going to jump and go do something else, right? But when you understand that you're not boxed in, okay, you're not boxed into your job, you're not boxed in financially. That's a whole other. <laughs> Discussion, right? With the golden handcuffs, a lot of practices put on you, especially hospital-based practices, right? But when you understand you have freedom, man, then you have a choice, and the power of choice in the brain is amazing. The power of choice when we feel like we can make a choice, then we set up an electrical chemical environment that actually helps us. Tap into those energy stores that we already have within us, and and begin to embrace aspects of ourselves that we previously did not give ourselves permission to do. You know, you mentioned、uh, going, you know, going off on vacation and coming back and working twice as hard. 
I can't tell you, Sabrina, the number of times I would come back from vacation and that first day back, I would say, I wish I had never gone on vacation. I said this, it was ridiculous. It was like that entire week or 10 days or however long I happened to have off was just erased. All the restoration <laughs> was erased, right? But it's a mindset issue. And, and I think that it is so important to understand the many facets of who you are, what your strengths are, and then to even reconnect with some of the passions that we have. You know, I've noticed recently, uh, I have a number of colleagues, I still keep up with my colleagues in neurosurgery, of course, and their solution, they start job hopping, right? And I'm sure you've seen this too with a lot of folks. If you're finding yourself frequently changing jobs or looking for new opportunities, or even constantly thinking about new ideas just to keep yourself distracted, it might be a sign of burnout. While it might seem like the grass is greener on the other side, the solution is not switching practices, cities, or hospital systems, nor is it just to open up your own clinic and thinking that you will have all the flexibility that you want. Oftentimes, the real solution is to change something to take care of yourself. Allow yourself to rest and take vacations without the burden of work weighing you down. When you make these changes, you might be surprised how much better you feel both professionally and personally. If you liked today's episode, please share with your friends and colleagues by paying it forward. We don't expect you to pay us because we know that when people are truly collaboratively thinking about each other's growth, then we can accelerate together. Folks, listen, if you're job hopping or you're even looking for a new practice, different job, that's actually a sign of burnout. You may not recognize it. The grass is not, I mean, certainly there are some situations that are not ideal. Let me be clear about that. But a lot of time, the solution is not switching practices, switching cities, right? Switching hospital systems. It's actually changing some things about yourself that are actually amazing when you change them and, and rest and entering into rest is such a powerful one. So. Right. And it's that entering, allowing yourself to say, I deserve that rest. I deserve to go on vacation without the burden. And I think that's also one of the big things I work with practice owners about is that you have to allow yourself and get to the point. This is not, oh, I can just take off four weeks without any planning, right? That's that's not mm -hmm. efficient. And then everything I teach about is creating systems for your for yourself and for your team so you can do what? Go on that four weeks vacation and be okay. And your team functions well, your patient continue to come back and then everything is actually growing without you doing the nitty gritty. And, and But we have to first do the allowing part, acceptance that we deserve to have that break. And so the, the ongoing weeks and planning to get yourself to that point, the right people that you have to be on your team to delegate. Now it's not the same as decide people mistaking delegate and deciding for what people needed to do a lot. And then when you come back, how do you roll out that slowly for yourself, right? Like the simple thing is you need to have at least one day between coming back from vacation and start working again. And yeah. just to get yourself back into the rhythm and not feeling like, 
oh, I'm still jet lagged, or oh, my body feel like I should be waking up at nine o'clock in the morning, not six o'clock, right? Like that's very different. And then we even know by study, even just that one hour difference of daylight saving has shown to reduce productivity in many fields across the board and specifically in healthcare, medical error goes up. Think about just one hour of time differences can make that happen. So we needed to be more graceful and more conscious about what we're doing. And that also, I wanted to tap more into that neuroscience side of like, what, what is our brain doing from all the provisors uh, listen out there? We're like geeks out, right? We geek out on the medical <laughs> things and the processing. So what's actually happening up there? Your brain waves always fall into one of the five electrical frequencies. One, delta kicks in when you are sleeping. Two, theta is activated when you are in a dream state or meditation. Three, alpha comes into play when you are awake and not thinking about anything in particular. Four, beta is a state we go into for brief period of high intense problem solving. Five, gamma appears during states of learning. With burnout, you're actually getting structure changes in your brain, including a constant state in the beta phase, aka beta brain. Your ability to create new brain pathway is shut down while you continue to live a continuous state of cortisol. This can lead to serious problems like depression, anxiety, insomnia, and even dementia. If you think you might be suffering from burnout, Start getting out of the beta state by slowing down your brain and your body. Once you do that, you will be able to enter the other four brain frequencies to calm everything down. Yeah, so here's what's interesting. So as I was studying a lot about this, you know, there's really three components of what's happening in the brain. There are electrical changes in the frequencies that your brain cells are talking to each other, right? There are chemical changes. And then there's actually structural changes. A lot of people don't recognize this with burnout. You can actually get structural changes in the brain. But one of the first thing that that happens are those electrical changes. So, you know, your brain cells talk to each other very slow frequencies when you're sleeping. So that's Delta, right? And then you've got Theta, which is kind of your dream state or meditation state. You've got your alpha state, which is, you know, awake, but we're really kind of visioning our our future, right? And, And our dreams and our hopes and that sort of thing. And then there's Beta, that you are actually designed to be in for very short periods of time to solve a problem. It's a very fast frequency of the brain. And then there's gamma, that's our learning frequency. So all those years in medical school and doing the research, that's got the gamma activity. But here's what happens in burnout. We get stuck in this beta state. I call it beta brain. If you actually get a functional MRI of the brain or either a a QEEG of the brain, you can actually see the the beta activity is everywhere. And what that does is number one, it actually begins to start a cascade of events such that your brain chemicals, your dopamine, your serotonin, your calming brain chemicals, right? Your dopamine is your productivity brain chemical. Oxytocin is actually new idea creation, okay? And building new brain pathways. Those all get essentially shut down 
because of some cortisol release that happens from that consistent beta state, okay? So you're in this uh, constant frequency where you feel like you just have to run, 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 and you can't stop. This is why when you try to go on vacation, right, if you haven't instituted a practice of rest on a routine basis, why you can't even shut your brain off. I used to take me four to five days, Sabrina, before I could finally like breathe sitting out by the pool or on the beach right on vacation because I had to get my brain out of this beta state. And what happens? So then it it begins to affect those chemicals. And that's usually at the time that people begin to maybe notice, right? So they may notice you're more depressed or you're more anxious or you're more withdrawn. Okay. Those are some of the things, but if it's not caught then, and as you know, physicians, as medical providers, we say, oh, we're tough. We can do it. We got through training. We got through school. So we're just going to toughen it up, right? And get through exact wrong thing to do because then here's what happens. It begins to change the structure of your brain. Okay. It begins to affect your hippocampus, your memory center, your amygdala, which is emotional regulation. This is why people invert out, right? May fly off the handle, get very angry at sometimes even out of proportion to things, right? As you mentioned earlier, people that are in pain, whether it's physical or emotional pain, we're not our best selves, right? But here's something very fascinating. It actually begins to affect the medial prefrontal cortex, which has two very important functions, all right? It is your goal-directed behaviors. So this is the part of your brain that makes you accomplish those tasks on your list, like seeing your patients, getting your charts done. Oh boy, I could even talk about that one <laughs> for me for a while, right? And the other thing it is, it's part of your identity center, who you are created to be. When we get into burnout, we start to just blend in. We lose our individuality, which is actually horrible for body, mind, and soul, right? And so it it has very, very devastating effects when we get to these phases of burnouts. But the other thing is the changes occur in your brain long before you ever see physical manifestation of the signs and symptoms. Just like if you have certain types of diseases, someone could have a type of cancer and it could grow significantly before they ever present with signs and symptoms. Burnout is very much like that. Often it gets to at least the chemical changes, but often the structural changes before anyone recognizes that it's a significant problem. And, you know, a day of yoga is not going to fix that (laughs) at that point. Exactly. And that's why in my training of positive psychology, we talk so much on how to retrain our brain. So we call that mental fitness training. And that's something we have to do on a daily basis. And it doesn't have to be, oh my goodness, I need to set 20 minutes for my medication, right? And Or I have to go to yoga this day. And you're trying to beat the clock to get out of the clinic or get out the next a meeting that you book way too many for that day just to make it. And then you feel bad of not making those sessions. So we needed to be intentional about training our brain on a daily basis, even two minutes, because what you have done intentionally to remodel your brain, we can reverse that, right? Retrain your brain to make these synaptic connections and then to um, make your myelin to work better, right? In, In your favor instead of against you. And that's why it's so crucial to actually even know what are those simple tasks 
are. Uh, and one of the big goals for both myself and Dr. Mayo, because we complement each other so much, she helps with uh, both the physical body, the thinking, and then how do you get yourself into that high level state versus I help you into the performance side, the productivity side. So then you can be able to value your time, value the people's time around you and be able to create better impact and adapt and be more open to those. So one of the big things we love to do is to just like any of you guys, you know, we need to go give ourselves retreat, right? We need to give ourselves the grace of saying, I deserve some rest. And now this rest is very intentional rest of where we need to be and how we allowing ourselves to be supported by a small group of people who are just like you, who are there intentionally to support, to unplug and to regroup. And so we can strategize what you can do going forward. So Dr. Mayo, would you like to explore on that idea of uh, what are our concept and then some things that we were thinking to do and why people even should join us? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, here's the thing, and it, it seems counterintuitive because you think if you're not being productive enough that you need to be, you know, more of that beta frequency, but that's actually the worst thing for you. We actually need to slow down our brain. And this is actually a principle, not only in brain science and neuroscience, but also in quantum physics. As you slow down, you actually can tap into healing you tap into inner wisdom that you have that gives you powerful strategies to have those creative solutions. You were even talking about, Sabrina, the way you help individuals with their practice and making it more productive. You're not going to get to that when your brain's in the beta state. So the retreat, first of all, it's it gets you away from the scenario. It gets you away from the pager, away from the cell phones, first of all, and then helps you reconnect with that genius that's actually within you, right? Through, you know, we have a number of different programs that we offer through that retreat, but a lot of it to an outside observer, it could look like, oh, that's a vacation, but it's not. It's very intentional, just like you said, because each one of you has a very specific pattern in your brain to help you unlock those theta rhythms, right? To activate your parasympathetic nervous system. If you just go, you know, use your medical training and say, oh, well, I know these things activate this and that, that may not be for you. That's what I've found. I customize for each and every person. And I know you do this too, Sabrina. I actually have a, a brain frequency mastery template that I customize for each and every person to help them get their brain into that theta frequency, connect with the alpha vision frequency for their life to get the uh, right flow of dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and it's different for each and every person. And it cannot really be done very efficiently without really doing that in a, in a very intimate setting, like a retreat. So that is one of the purposes for our retreat is one, just get you out of that stress state, first of all, and then help you tap into, you have incredible power locked in your brain that can actually help you quantum leap yourself to the next level. The only way to access it is by slowing down in order to be able to make that jump. Exactly. And we know we can always be busy. We can always be productive, but that productivity is that really giving you 
the ROI that you deserve, the effectiveness, the short amount of time that you want it to get it done, or it's just that you're busy all day and you didn't even know what happened to your day by the time you're done with it. And that intentionality, guess what? One of the studies even show on average, people use 13 productivity tools in a day. That's crazy. You can't constantly adapting other tools and things to work for you. We have to figure out work, what work for you the best instead of trying to always seeking for external validation tools and resources always come down to us. If we don't know how to function better, no matter what we adapt, it won't sustain the growth. It will always going to be a trial error issue, or perhaps you haven't tried it long enough for the result to be shown. You already jump into something else. So we appreciate uh, you guys being here, serving your communities, creating jobs for people, right? As uh, healthcare entrepreneurs or any leaders, if you're having a hiring role, you have a significant purpose in society, both from a patient care standpoint and being a good boss, good leader, and a good person who see the vision that other people cannot see. So let's put you into the next level of how you can perform better, how you can feel better, how you can better control your practice, your life, and also your future. So I appreciate Dr. Mayo for being here. Thank you guys for joining us. And we know we can continue this conversation for so long. And yes. until next time. <laughs> Thank you. In today's episode, we discuss six things providers like you did not know about burned out, particularly how it affects the brain. If you stayed tuned to this entire episode and struggled with burned out, don't change your career yet or thinking about what else you can do for your existing practices. Look at yourself first and you'll find the answer. To recap, number one, you don't have to shift out of medicine. Handling burnout is not something they teach us in grad school. And once you are a practicing provider, you might get advices that's not all that helpful, like go have a vacation or do a yoga session this weekend. Well, vacation and yoga can be helpful in the moment for stress release. They do not address the issue that are causing burned out. This leads to providers to consider switching careers or opening up your practice when you're not in the perfect state of mind. But you do not have to do this. When you understand what happens in the brain when burned out occurs, you can actually thrive in your career by retraining your brain. Number two, identity gave you peace and joy. Maybe a career switch is what you need or opening that practice you have thought about so long and maybe you're really meant to do what you are doing right now. But how do you know? Identity is key to tapping into your passion and joy. Once you know what you are pursuing is the right life for you, you will gain a boost of energy and focus that will not only allow you to sustain a career, but thrive. When you understand this, you grant yourself the freedom to live your best life. You unlock peace and joy. Number three, vacation is not the definitive answer. 
when we are feeling burned out, look forward to that vacation seems to be the only thing keeping us going. However, whether that vacation lasts a week, 10 days, or whole months, we all know that it's likely you have to return to work. Most of my clients double load their patients and different projects the week before they leave and do the same when they come back trying to play catch up. And that's not actually a vacation because if everyone need a vacation from their vacation, then it's hardly beneficial for you. It can feel twice as hard when you left on the first day coming back. The restoration from vacation is erased right there. When time off is important, you have to adapt a regular restoratory mindset to truly reap the benefit. That also means doing what I call mini mental vacations three times a day. Two minutes interval is enough. Number four, when the vacation doesn't feel restorative, you might start looking forward to the next one right away. If it doesn't work, you might feel it's time to start job hopping or even finding a new practice or a new project for your current practice rather than finding the real solution for burned out. These are actually signs of burned out. Switching cities, jobs, go on a complete new venture isn't going to fix the true cause, but changing something about yourself is. And that's why we identify the different level of self-touching tendencies. Now, those ones that are things that have helped us to get to where we are, but it's not going to help us to get to the next level and overcome what you have felt with anxiety and stress. Listen to episode 15 if you haven't already heard the three tendencies that prevent you from having joy in your practice. Also, episode 19, the one thing that you have to prevent yourself doing on a daily basis to continue to be productive and effective. Number five, burned out actually changes the brain. It's easy to understand the chemical changes in the brain when you're suffering from burned out. We feel edgy, can lack patience for our coworkers, but burned out can also physically change the brain. When we're stuck in burned out, a functional MRI of the brain will actually show brain waves stuck in the beta state. While we depend on beta state to make sure we accomplish our daily goals, we need to get to the theta state to feel calm and at peace. Six, last but not least, you can retrain your brain. You can actually retrain your brain to get to the theta frequency more often. Once you slow down, healing starts to happen and inner wisdom is unlocked. This is when our careers start to feel more manageable and burned out becomes a thing of the past. A purposeful retreat designed to retrain your brain can give you the restorative healing that you need. Find out more in the show notes. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You're listening to me right now. Odds are you're frustrated by how healthcare practices are running today. I'm with you. I'm looking to change the conversation that we're having in this field. It starts with me and it starts with you. I want to connect with you and get to know your own struggle or challenges within the healthcare industry. 
visit sabrinarombach.com forward slash connect, where you are going to find all of my social media platforms. Feel free to send me a direct message. If you like me, prefer speaking, then you can record a voice message on the page. So come to sabrinarombach.com forward slash connect and let's continue the conversation. Hi, my name is Dr. Allison Lazo-Pacheco, and I just finished my six weeks with Sabrina not too long ago. So um, I feel that my experience is really, really unique because I started with Sabrina when I was still finishing up chiropractic school and have gone through it during my break and I'm now a practicing doctor. Or everything I've learned and she's taught has been applied at different levels and portions of my life and I feel like I can continue to grow and develop these skills in the future. So come to sabrinarumback.com forward slash connect and let's continue the conversation.